I'm Adam McGee. And I'm Andrew Snyder. And you're listening to Captured in Celluloid, a podcast about movies. If you're listening to this and you're like, no, I'm not. I'm listening to the Eurostep Podcast Network. Both things could be true. This is a crossover episode. This is both an episode of mine and Andrew's movie podcast. And it's also an episode about a movie in particular that has relevance of interest to Milwaukee Books fans and all of our loyal listeners over at the Eurostep Podcast Network. We are talking about Rise, um, the recently released Disney Plus movie about Giannis Antetokounmpo. And for that reason, not only do I have Andrew here with me, but I'm joined by the hosts of the Eurostep Podcast. We've got Ty Windish and we've got Rowan Cotty. Ty, Rowan, hello, welcome. This is both your own podcast and not your own podcast which is a unique dynamic, Rohan. I know you wanted to get on Captured and Celluloid. This kind of counts. It does. It does kind of count. I'm excited to be making my debut on the feed, I should say. Like, I mean, it's technically a debut on the podcast, too. It's yeah. just, uh, it's, not, it's not a full... Yeah, it is. It is. It counts. It counts. It's not, it's not a full Captured on Celluloid appearance until we get you on a random Paul Schrader episode. I don't even know who that is, so yes. Rohan has been campaigning for a Transformers episode, so I'll let the regular Captured and Solid listeners decide if that fits in with our programming. But if I'm honest, the film we're going to talk about today doesn't really. I don't think all that often, Andrew, you and I are like, oh, there's this straight to Disney Plus family movie that we just got to gotta fire up a pod and talk about. But Giannis is very important to all of us, even to you, Andrew, as a non-books fan, but to... Myself, Ty, and Rohan, we have followed this journey. Not the entirety of what's depicted on screen, but certainly from the back of the movie right through to the present day, we've kind of been there beat by beat, step by step. We know it inside out, which led to some trepidation. I think we'll lead some interesting conversation when it comes to our thoughts about the movie. And this kind of thing, it doesn't happen very often. And when it does, particularly made for this kind of audience and when i first saw the trailer i was like oh, i don't think this is going to be very good and i i won't i won't be coy about it it's pretty good i was very pleasantly surprised it one i think it works as like an effective heartwarming family movie and two i think it got enough of the essence of Yanis, his journey his family that even as the Yanis fan as the books fan I didn't hate it. I wasn't like, oh, well, all of this is clearly wrong. Is it exactly his story, B for B? Is it the NBA fans' perspective of it? No, but I, I think it's a, a pretty good imagining of his story, capturing it, and the kind of thing that we all know just how amazing his journey has been, his life has been. And if you wanted to get that out to an even wider audience than already knows, like this is the ideal scenario for that. If more people are to know about Giannis, about the Antetokounmpo family, and also just how kind of unique he is. He is truly a one-of-a-kind athlete, a one-of-a-kind person. I think the film does a really good job. Andrew, I'm going to go to you first, as we'll call you the non-books fan for now, but who knows, a few months down the line, you're certainly, you know, we're making inroads in all kinds of Milwaukee sports ways. Um, but you, you would be the person, as much as you knew a lot about Giannis, you're a big NBA fan, you wouldn't have had the maybe encyclopedic level of knowledge of his journey that the rest of us would have had. So you maybe got the purest, I'm watching this as a movie experience. So what were you expecting and how did you find it? 
Yeah, first of all, when Miles Bridges is a Detroit Piston because the Charlotte Hornets get cheap, who knows where I'll end up in terms of my fandom. As we know, I'll bail on anyone and anything. Um, but I, yeah, I really enjoyed it coming in from that outsider's perspective because obviously I've watched a lot of Bucks, I've watched a lot of Giannis uh, and lived vicariously through you guys and have felt happy for you with all the success that he's brought to the Bucks. Um, but I, I didn't, I haven't bought Mirren Fader's uh book Giannis until this this weekend even before seeing rise so I, I don't have the like full story yet so coming in with fresh eyes and without a lot of that backstory I think actually serves the movie very well so if you're a box fan and you have a friend or family member who ha- has never watched the game doesn't know anything about Giannis or just you know is a casual fan and they watch this they're going to be instantly Giannis fans for life and fans of the entire family uh I've re- something that you'd pointed out to me, Adam, after I watched it is that the Thanasis angle is actually like not as, uh, or it could have been more heavy handed with just kind of the struggles he went through and the support that he has of Giannis. And uh, I was telling Ty this as well, that for some reason, and, and it's just kind of like the, um, just the bias that you have thinking, Oh, the, the best player must be the oldest player. I thought that uh, Giannis was, was older than Thanasis. And watching this and you, you and, and most now, NBA broadcasters, Andrew. Yeah. And for now seeing like the support that he gives him and just how excited he is f- for him, like the big brother angle just makes it so much more like endearing to me. And, and that's what this movie really is. It just, it endears you to an entire family and to a struggle and a story. And one thing that was really interesting, interesting for me in a Disney movie is how like focused they are on the struggles in in Greece and the racism they endured. And just the, uh, like I was telling you that one of my least favorite words in the world or phrases in the world is illegal immigrant because people are not illegal. And just the notion that you have to be on the lookout and looking over your shoulder your entire life, just because of where you were born is just so heartbreaking. And to see just how they used adversity and, and struggle to, to inspire them to do something amazing was just incredibly heartwarming and i mean i'm like you said i'm not the target audience for inspirational disney movie uh but it really landed with me i mean and the nba stuff which is you know there isn't a ton of it but and i'll do sees one movie talks about it all week guy thing again that i was doing last night on our playback like compared to hustle like the nba stuff talking about the mechanics of how it works is actually not that bad like and there's very limited moments of it but like his path to the draft is really like how it would work and not like adam sandler brings you to the country and he's your agent but he's not your agent but he works for a team so you know overall i think they just did a really good job ty yeah i was pleasantly i guess pleasant is an odd word to use but i like andrew did not expect to see like you know the racist cult stuff and they didn't dive deeply into it because of course it's a two-hour disney movie they only have so much time but it's clearly there right like the bus scene where they're slamming on the bus and everything um, and they, I think they got into it. Like they, they got chased by immigration. The scenes I thought with uh, Charles, one was just Charles, one Charles and Veronica with the, like uh, the governmental, like the paperwork people. I don't, I don't know the exact term. I thought those were really, especially the second one. Uh, I thought those were powerful scenes. 
And I did expect more of that to be glossed over. I expected it to be more like, you know, basically damn near Tinkerbell flying around Giannis and waving the wand. And now he's running dunk man as James Harden would, would see him. And I thought it was cool that, and you could really tell Giannis was very involved, right? Because that's the kind of stuff Giannis would focus on is, is his family and their journey and their sacrifice and everything else, not just Giannis. And it was very much the Giannis movie by way of not just being the Giannis movie, which I think is a great way to tell Giannis story. And, you know, there's some things that I thought were a little inaccurate and kind of annoying, like inaccurate in ways they didn't need to be. But I liked that, you know, the, the family story, that was the part that was really, I thought, pretty faithfully told, in, including even covering Francis, which again, one of those things where it was like, maybe they, you know, maybe Francis is pictured. I didn't think they were going to do a whole scene explaining, you know, what happened with Francis, which I think is something a lot it's of tough. people. For a yeah, Disney movie, tough. particularly yeah. open with that. Like that's, yeah. and for, for like, if you're looking at the audience that you'd usually pitch to her, that's something like that they're going to be working through in their head. Like that's not super Disney neat. So I did no. respect that that was as it was. And the family story was real in it. Well, yeah, I think like, I mean, there's probably a lot of Bucks fans who got questions about Francis answered watching this movie, right? Like I don't, we don't, there's just not that much out there. I mean, we, we know the general bits. And if you read Mirren's book and have just followed over the years, you know, some, but I thought that was surprising too. So I, I enjoyed that. I thought if you're going to be fast and loose with something, I think, you know, pay the real attention to the family story, which was the real story of this movie. And then, you know, if you want to con- condense the draft stuff, condense the agent stuff, fine. I mean, that's, that's I think, ultimately less important to the movie and the story itself. But I, I really liked it as well. I was very pleasantly surprised. And I think it passes the, it's like a sports movie, but not a sports movie, which gives it a wider appeal, which I think is also good. I'm going to disagree with you there. This is not a sports movie at all. Not once. That's what I. This... That's what I said. <laughs> you just said it. You like, guys are still of. arguing another podcast. And you're still it's, arguing. It's a sports movie, but it's not a sports movie. You just said it's a sports movie. It, it, this Those is words it's, just came out of your mouth. It's a family movie with a sports hook, is what. Like it's, it's not. See, here's here's my thing though. Not once does anyone in this movie say that they love the game of basketball. That's a classic trope of a movie like a sports movie it's like falling in love with the game and stuff like that no that doesn't happen there are sports not... movies that don't have I mean, kevin costner you don't, there is this you know you don't have to write everything else is literally sleeping with a basketball at a gym at one point no 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 movie. but that's that's not because he, it, the way i interpreted this movie it, that's not okay. how it's framed it's framed in the sense like basketball has become a means to an end and that's mm-hmm. what like that's essentially the truth like that's what it's happened that's what Giannis has said like basketball was a path for him and his family to get to the success they needed. So it's not like he was in love with the game of basketball. He was in love with the process of trying to do well for his family. I like zooming out from the movie. I think that is true. And it's also not true. Like he does love basketball and he Ooh, really yeah, we get to, to that quite later. Yeah. We do, but the movie doesn't really cover that. And I, I don't have an issue with that. Like, I think when we talk about when Ty talks about what's, what feels real, what feels accurate in the movie and what doesn't, the family stuff feels accurate because you know that's where the family's attention was. Like I've I've heard Giannis and Tanasas talk like they were kind of going back and forth and giving notes on this and reviewing scripts throughout the season. We know what Giannis is like. There's only so much of that he wanted to do, I'm sure. 
and I guarantee the stuff they want it to be right is the family stuff. That's the story. That's the movie to them. That's what they care about, the representation. I don't think Giannis is like sending pages and notes about, no, 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 draft night needs to be like this. Like, that's that's not how he's programmed. Like, I, I actually don't think the movie gets to a point where it can show basketball in the way that Giannis loves it. Like, it kind of has to finish with, like, the business element of basketball even, which is definitely not where Giannis's passion for the game comes from. I get your point. I get your point. I, I do think I, I understand what Ty is saying and that this is a Yaris movie. And for people who have even a passing knowledge and they know that that's what it is, they're going to watch it for a sports movie. Like that's, it is a family movie in disguise. It's just a simple family drama. And that's fine. Like that's generally what these kind of movies should be. They should be a movie on their own footing and use something as a hook to get people in, get them interested because they may not watch a family drama in the first place, but if you're going to watch it because of this, well, then we can go to work and we can make a movie from there. Like, that's kind of the the really idyllic version of how even, like, stuff like franchises work. It's like, oh, let's make something that's really cool and creative, and there's actually this kind of movie in here. It doesn't happen very successfully all that often, but it kind of does in this case, which I was genuinely surprised by. My expectations for this movie were, were zero. Uh, I... It's like, okay, I know how it's going to look, which I think it did kind of widely look like I expected. Like, it was a very kind of pastel version of poverty in, in Greece. That's Disney. That's part of the deal. And making a Disney movie is a good thing in terms of getting your story out there. You know, it's on Disney+. Plus. But Rohan, I, just uh... before we go to anyone else, did you, are we, have we got a clean sweep here? Did you like it? Did you enjoy it overall? Oh, I did. I did. Uh, I don't think I said this up front. Like, I was not planning on watching this movie because it's just, I didn't like, I was afraid of what they were going to do to the story. I was afraid they were going to kind of ruin it a little bit, sort of make it too glossy as you were saying, Adam, because part of like, it's rooted in like, this story is rooted in struggle. And I was worried that they were going to minimize that struggle and sort of make that seem like it was less of a problem than it was. And sort of like what Ty was saying, like a magic wand, like, Oh, Giannis becomes run and dunk man sort of thing. I was really, really worried about that. But after seeing, hearing you guys talk about it, seeing the initial reviews, I was like, okay, I'll give this, I'll, I'll watch it now. And I'm, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it a lot. One thing I think that where it succeeds, and now this movie, I kept thinking about a different movie while I was watching this. And, and a movie that it's probably because it's not a Disney movie is technically Bad better time. made and, and something like that. But it was King Richard. And the problem I have with King Richard as the story arc and the ending place we get to makes no sense for what we know about all of these people and where they are in real life. This ends with Giannis being drafted, and then we get the like epilogue about or the like the recap, I guess, about where everyone is. But it shows us get Giannis get to the mountaintop of reaching the NBA. Where in King Richard, it's like and yada yada yada, Serena's the goat now, and you're like, what? <laughs> like. We just watched a two and a half hour movie, uh, Will Smith playing a cartoon character and kind of Venus and Serena's off to the side and she's the goat. Whereas this is like pays true respect to the fact that Giannis is the goat. I'm saying I, speaking it in existence, uh, circle back on this take in 10 years. You don't need, you don't need to convince anyone here. Uh, I, that's a really, really shrewd observation that I hadn't thought of. I be honest, I have not thought of King Richard I've probably thought of it once since I watched it, and that was when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. I definitely thought about it then. But 
the thing I hated about that movie, and at the time it was really put out there as, well, this is the, the Williams sisters. They want to make a movie about their dad. They want to show everyone how great their dad is. The failing of the movie is that we didn't really get to see them as people or even the athletes they became, which in part would be the good work. And if you want to show, oh, well, he was this incredibly positive influence. He was this guiding light in their life. And a big part of why they became who they are and how successful as they have, that's got to be there too. And the balance here is actually really, really good. Like King Richard in terms of how it's directed, otherwise it's a very well-directed movie. It looks great. Really talented filmmakers. It's got more going on. It's got loftier ambitions, but it, it fails on a basic story level because you can see here that Giannis, his brothers, his mother, they all wanted this movie to be a testament to Charles and mm. to show Charles for the kind of core figure he was in getting him to there, to memorialize him, to make it clear to everyone that, okay, you, you know, you, you may look at championship photos and celebrations and he's not there, but this is, this is someone, if you've come along lightly, you need to know about it. that to me feels like a pretty clear uh, kind of intention of the story and what they're looking to do. But ultimately by the end of the movie, like we see Giannis, and we'll get into this some more because it's the thing that really impressed me most. We see Giannis as like a character that is reflective of the real Giannis to me. And we see him have the kind of principles, the kind of mannerisms, the attitudes that we associate with the real Giannis. And I think for an audience member, that's something where it brings more to what you feel about Charles because Charles is this kind of stern, tough father figure. He's looking to do the best for his family. But he's not always the most lovable, but what really adds to that and rounds out him is you can see the good it's done for his kids. And King Richard is a great example of that. It's a film that was produced by his kids. And they're like, look at the, all the good our dad has done for us. You watch the movie, you're like, I don't see it. Like I see all your trophies, but I don't see it. Where Rise is a really, really good job of that, of how not just Giannis, obviously, Tanasis, Costas, Alex. I was going to say, I thought Tanasis more, honestly. Watching the movie, I was like, I think it really comes, I think in both, certainly, but I think really in Tanasis is where I thought it came across the most. I know this is a big thing for Andrew, who the older brother figure was just wrecking my guy over the weekend, over the last few days here. But that's an older brother himself. Yeah, I mean, fair, fair. But I just think, like, it really, um, I thought that was, I I thought the Giannis Tanasis bond which we know is so important i mean obviously Giannis and all the family but especially the nasas that their ages the way they grew up the way they came over i thought that was portrayed really well in, in the film as well i will say one of the few things i didn't like when they were over for draft night would have taken two seconds rohan knows put them in different rooms and have them pick to bunk in the same room no no, no, no it wasn't be, that it wasn't they that they had it the wasn't two that. beds were in the same room yeah, they're supposed the beds to go were in the same room this no, is no, this is an a... anecdote from Marin Fader's book. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's like one of the best. Uh, there's a it lot is. of great ones. One of the best anecdotes from the book. It would have been so easy to incorporate. Let, let's ex- let's explain that. Yeah, so for, for people those... who may not necessarily yeah. know, so obviously we do see in Greece like that they obviously they grew up in extreme poverty. All the brothers were essentially it was like four to a bed. Yeah, and that's what they were used to. And the story goes that they go across to America. Giannis's world is about to change. He's discovering quite literally a new world. He's being given all kinds of, I mean, the Hawks in particular, the Hawks that they were suiting him. It's like, here's as many socks as you want. He's like, wow, all these socks are mine. 
this kind of stuff. But it ultimately comes to it where they don't, it feels like so much of an extravagance and it's also so removed from their bond, their connection. And also they're in this strange place. They're away from the rest of their family. They're so far removed from what their life has been to this point that one of the anecdotes and one of the more touching details is that they decide they're going to still sleep in the same bed at that moment because it's like, well, they can't even process the idea. Why Why do we need two beds? Why this is, and Giannis is still, when it comes to, when he talks about things that are kind of excessive or luxuries, you still get the impression that there's an element of his brain that views things in this way because of understandably what he's come from. But free that water. was, yeah, exactly. Filling up all the free water in the bubble. But that's, I'm so glad you said that, Ty. I'm so glad you thought that wrong as well because that was the standout. I'm like, there is not a more Disney movie like detail to his life, just detail to put in there and like to have people completely like grabbing at their chest, wiping tears away from their face at that moment that to replay that up. Andrew did when he, when he watched it, he reached out to me and he was obviously speaking with Tanasis. I'll be honest, I I was underwhelmed by Tanasis in the film because I think I know about the real Tanasis. I know Rohan is going to be with me on this because Tanasis is your guy, but. I, I know how great he is. I know how special he is as a person. I know just how much he loves his family. That's something you could say about everyone. But like Tanasis really loves his family. He loves his brother. He loves his teammates. I I didn't get as much as I actually think like the real Tanasis is. Like in some ways, that element of his character, it turns out, might be harder to capture on screen than like Yanis as this superhuman basketball player, which is interesting to me. So I was, I was one glad that Andrew had that impression and that hopefully people are going to come away with this view of Tanasis. But anyone who is having that, I would say, well, like go watch some interviews with Tanasis or when you're watching books games, I know your eye is going to be drawn to Yanis, but watch Tanasis on the sideline. Uh, go and read about him. Like the guy is pretty remarkable as a person. He's one of like the most positive and infectious people I, I think I've ever I haven't actually come across him, but it feels like I know him. And in the movie, I thought it was actually slightly watered down, uh, which is, again, a testament to Tanasis being incredible. It, it, it definitely was. And first and foremost, we, we didn't say this. This is an incredibly well-cast film. Yes. Um, I do think it is very, very difficult we do, to capture. Just on that, we do all know that UK uh, and Raul Agata are brothers. Giannis and Tanasis are played by brothers, which obviously Smart makes... Choice makes a lot of sense and i think it plays out on screen real quick yes. we'll take the l it was actually not draft night it was their first night in milwaukee they did they they had separate okay. rooms in the oh, fister and then went okay. to the same room i just checked the book would have been i mean that would have been one where i would have been okay if they fudged it to get it in the movie but it's not it's actually not technically inaccurate i mean the okay. haunted the haunted fister probably can't make it into a disney movie <laughs> there's maybe other reasons yeah. like like yeah let's let's just stay in the same bed here yeah yeah there's a there's yeah. a reason i didn't book that i'm not, I'm not trying to get haunted <laughs> <laughs> uh but just it's difficult like you were saying adam to capture like the expressiveness of the Nazis personality like even though again this is an incredibly cast film it's just you can't really replicate that sort of thing, which is why it did feel a little watered down to me as well. Though, like, sure, you can say they can include more elements about this, you can contribute more to the story, but again, it's a difficult sort of aura to capture. And, uh, but Ty, even like you were saying, they could fudge that scene a little bit. You can't have a scene where they're both in like 
adjoining beds right next to each other and not do it. What's the point of do like including yeah. that if you're not going to include the like we, an actual we all story about it. it? So if you if you know that anecdote, there's no well, way that it comes to your head immediately. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But the thing is, not everyone knows that though. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm guessing if you're uh, hope if you're writing or directing this movie, you would know that, but maybe not. Uh, yes, everyone should I think read not. Not having known the Thanasis story as well is kind of what made it work for me just in terms of a film, because I do think the subtlety around like the support that he's giving Giannis kind of works for just the story. And that if it were over the top, maybe people, I know it's a Disney movie, but it it could come across being like, well, this isn't realistic. He would. uh, And I also think uh, it's, I'm glad they made the choice to like not try and work in some fake resentment because it would be very easy for uh, an older brother in that situation uh, to kind of have a little bit of that. But I think that just speaks to the the family element really well, because what, what's the what's the cheesy line that worked on me so well? Uh, it's like when one person in the family scores, they all score or something. So I think uh, the, the the subtlety of Thanasis is... Uh, portrayal still worked for me but now i'm gonna go read Marin's book uh instead of working today and then maybe i'll come away with being like that they did my guy wrong (laughs) he was even uh more awesome than that i will say you said said people tear up at that scene or whatever scene you're talking about it's me i'm people (laughs) you you'll just if you read Marin's book i think you'll cry a lot andrew just based on based on how i know you and probably a lot of the stuff that's completely unknown to you i think there'll be a lot of tears marin fighters the honest book for those who don't know by the way go read it we've talked to marin a couple of times about it we've all sang its praises two of the people on this podcast are mentioned quoted in the book um but in spite of that there is no there's no bias it's a great book and for anyone who liked rise like it's your essential next step did marin get a bag for this no i mean it's not adapted from they used a word. They used the same word. I there's no there's no. Adaptive. I don't think you can. I don't think you can. Trade Listen, I'm not saying rise. she owns the word rise. I'm just saying. No, I agree anyway. with the sentiment. I agree anyway, with the sentiment. I, what, I, what one thing I did a throwaway thought when I was watching this, I was like, this is great. Let's have HBO partner with Mirren and let's make the real. Like, let's do like a a limited series and do the real story. I'm all in. That could that. happen. That can happen get, the same, sure. get the same brothers like they were great get the whole family back we can let's let's go all in um i really just it needs to be hbo for the rookie hazing scenes more more than anything else um but oh, so like a continuation um i guess well let's not let's not dig too far into this right now well uh, i the one the one thing we could say on that too so my parents will watch this movie, don't know basketball. They know who Giannis is because I've been doing book stuff for seven years. Now the books, there's a passing interest that they loved the movie. Like just as yeah. speaking to that it is just this family drama, they yeah. love the movie. My dad knows a little bit about the books and he was like, ends pretty suddenly. Why is there not more basketball? I was like, because one, this is the story. This is the story that matters. Two, basketball is not interesting. It's not interesting you make a movie about it. Like as much as we love the idea, go watch, uh, go watch the Lakers show, Showtime, um, or whatever that was called, because they couldn't. Winning call time. Winning time. It's the basketball stuff is not interesting. 
and you end up trying to manufacture things around that because you can't just show basketball games because part of what's great about sports is actually living sports in the moment and the real nature of it, the urgency that comes with it. And removed from that, it doesn't really work. Now, I did think, and we'll, we'll maybe talk some more about at the end, like the epilogue doesn't do justice to everything. I, I thought Costas got a lot of time in the epilogue. <laughs> And it's like, no, no, there's like Yanis the Tanassus. You've not you've got to make sure everyone understands Tanassus's journey to get to the point where he's a teammate with Yanis, and then they win a championship together. But Tanassus has COVID, so he can't be out there. And Yanis is like, I'm coming to your room. Yeah, there's there is yeah, all that's of that. too much for the Disney movie. But you could you could have jumped, and it was one thing I was like, I wonder will they finish on like a, a time jump where it is just the same with that. But regardless, sorry, Ty. You were gonna say something. no. You could. I, I think. Um, yeah, that's the other thing. Why didn't they like imagine all this inspiring movie, and then he's just on a terrible Bucks team for a year, and like a very mediocre Bucks team for four more years, and then they're good. Like the pacing would have either gotten totally ruined, or it would have been like an excruciatingly long. Like man, we're really relying on a lot of Miroslav comic comedic relief to get through this first year here. Um, but no, Here's I, so I, Larry, Larry Drew is gonna, Larry Drew would have yeah. to carry a lot of emotional weight early. In the yeah. Movie. And, Listen, and you OJ have to dig Jabari. Oh, OJ Thank would you, help, Andrew. but like you o- OJ's why 50... I asked you on HBO. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but so I saw so the Thanasis part, I watched with my girlfriend who does not know much about Giannis and the Bucks at all. And I thought your guys' take was interesting. We might just be, I know Rohan is, but we all might just be too deep in on Thanasis at this point Mm -hmm. because one of her big takeaways was like, wow, that was so selfless the way everything went down. I think the pretty fudged ankle injury and, you know, Giannis being the one who gets all the shine despite being younger and all that stuff. Like it was like pretty striking to a neutral viewer. And we, Mm -hmm. I think, all knew like, yeah, of course, Thanasis is going to be maybe happier that Giannis got drafted than him getting drafted in in the first year. But I think it it did stand out more to someone who wasn't as familiar, which again is probably the point and the target for a lot of, a lot of the film. So, you know, I think could it have done more? Yes. But I still think at the very least, like Andrew said, they didn't work in like a, you know, older brother who's like pissed off that his athletic dreams, like the dad trope, right. Didn't come true. Like, I think it was at least, at least on point, even if it didn't go far enough. And it's, it's not Thanasis movie, but what I like most of the movie is it's not entirely Giannis's movie either. Like it is the family's movie and that is how they are about everything. Like their whole branding is the, the Antetokounmpo's. And even when Giannis has his own signature line of sneakers with Nike, one of the first things he does is like, he has the brothers themed editions and it's it's like this is just it does seem so Disney and Andrew made a good point where it's like you maybe they've got to make some choices so people aren't like oh come on that's too fake that's not believable because they are like that as a family they really are and like there is even that the element of like oh Tanasis you know Tanasis giving Anas his shoes and which I think anyone with even a passing knowledge knows about them sharing shoes and the elements of that but that like there's a reason Disney made this and jumped it so fast because you hear that and you're like my God, this is made for us. Like people like this don't really exist, except they do. It's this family. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the casting. Sorry, do you have something else, Andrew? Uh, yeah. I, I maybe we talk about this later, but I really do want to just like dig into the possibility. Like, could there be an a rise part two? Because I think there's just so much 
more left to tell, like you were saying. And then the obviously the chemistry between the brothers and the cast works so well. Uh, you could dig into Thanasis uh, spending two minutes with the uh, irrelevant franchise in the uh, in New York, and and then his journey to the Bucks, and then you know weaving in Giannis being a dominant MVP in the interim. And I don't know. I think there's something there. And quick I, question before you move that. on: Are does does Thanasis is he going to play on the the Greek national team at Eurobasket? Does he make that team? Yeah, he did. No? Yeah, no, he he plays. <laughs> and Giannis plays. Play he plays hard. Yeah, Giannis, Giannis, is, Giannis is going to play this year. Okay, perfect. I'm locked in. I mean, perfect. We will be. Costas is possibly also on the team this year. We will. I'm not going to get a Marjan Beauchamp Ooh. Ignite jersey, but I might get a Greek national team. Then they're jersey. so clean. We should get Eugene, our our great uh, assistant producer, actually wants to do an intro to the Greek team on the GSPN Substack. So oh, people that's should great. We'll, we'll check that, that out. He chatted with that with me recently. Um, so that we should, should actually, be, we should do a pod to match with that too. That'd be a yeah, good we idea should. ahead of it. Cause I don't know much, but they're excited now that it's not like this weird Rick Patino disaster class. I, I think it seems like it'll be a real team this year, which should be good for Giannis and, and his brother's chances. It really seems like Patino got in and out quickly. Okay. We're All talking right. about a Disney well, plus movie yeah, here. Okay. Casting. <laughs> wait, UK. wait, wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Wait, one, one last thing. Uh, I was going to push back on like the, a Sorry, little bit I, of the... I agree with this. Andrew, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. Why? <laughs> wait, um, what? Just... wait, does that apply to my idea too or no? A little bit. I, I, I don't think they should pick this up. I mean, no, is it possible that 30 years from now there's a story to pick up? Yeah, there could be. But I, I don't think, I don't think it makes an interesting movie or TV series to pick up with the next stage of their story because, because there's also they, they there's an element their mountaintop yes this is like all right then i want a documentary at some point yeah documentary that's gonna happen as you said the goat like it's it's an inevitable it's a matter of time and honestly like a six-part docuseries on the journey would be incredible if you got the family on board and then you're able to get a lot of the people like i know we talked to Mirren about this and a lot of people will talk with the story but there's also a lot of people who are really loyal to the family who are there and they kind of keep things locked down and there's there's probably more anecdotes that could come out of that if you got the family's participation i agree with that but I, it's always one of these things like winning Giannis winning a championship and the moments he had with the trophy it's like yeah that's a fairy tale but it's not like because rohan nailed it the the mountaintop for him and his family is him making the nba that's the moment their life changed his life did not materially change like he's the ultimate competitor it was professionally satisfying for him to win a championship, but that did not change his life. What changes his life, what changes his family's life is getting to the NBA. And the answer to story in this movie and in anything going forward is about family. And the only way I see that kind of coming to the fore where it's like, oh yeah, it would make sense to, to go through that again. It's like, Giannis has a family of his own now that I was surprised, like wasn't actually factored into the film, even in epilogue in a more, prominent way because the way he is and that's obviously a conscious decision of like this is the story of him and his siblings and his parents growing up but it's like that's the next version of it i i'm not saying like oh Giannis's son's gonna and liam's gonna be in the nba and that's I'm, I'm not saying that but it's just it's it's at a remove like i don't think as incredible from like a sports fan perspective 
as where he started as a player when he came into the NBA as a rookie to where he is now is, that is not a movie. It just doesn't, it's completely inert as a piece of drama. It's like, oh, wow, this guy gets better. Like he literally, he gets better every single year. That's that's the trajectory of his career. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't have drama. You're bringing in other things for drama, which to us as like NBA fans or as books fans is inherently interesting. You don't need to sell that to me. I'm currently working on a documentary on an old Milwaukee Bucks team. But they're like for what this is and what we talked about, where Ty, you watch it with your girlfriend, she's not interested in the books. And it's like, oh, I get that. And I like Tanasis. My parents watch it. And they're like, we love this movie. There isn't another version of that story to be told right now. And I also think that is the only kind of story that Giannis and the family are really interested in telling. I think that all makes sense. And I agree. Uh, but I do think you're underselling the villainy of Jason Kidd. We don't need to bring Jason Kidd into this. It's it's good that he's not in the film. Isn't that That's great? what the Bucks said when it was time for this team to really take off. <laughs> John Hammond being in the film, Jason Kidd not. That seems like a victory for the good guys uh, with the Bucks. Okay, casting. Uh, this seemed like the impossible role. How do you cast Yas? How do you cast someone who has got physical presence? who's got the kind of soft vulnerability that Giannis has, is going to be able to carry the emotion that comes with being Giannis. And again, for anyone who knows Giannis' story or has read Mirren's book, or those of you who will, Giannis, incredibly emotional throughout this journey and at this point in his life, and even when he gets to America. I was like, what actor are you going to get to do that? And what's the basketball going to look like? I'll actually start with the basketball because I thought it's about as convincing as you're going to get someone playing Giannis. And that is that is very impressive. That's a big deal. There are elements of his movement. Um, even just walking at a certain point in the film, I was like, oh, you got to now carries himself like Giannis. Like he, he, I thought he had the physicality of who Giannis is down really well, a lot of the mannerisms. But it was more the kind of the internal elements for example, when the opportunity comes up, I sh- we should have said very early on, this is a spoiler podcast. I mean, it is for on the books. I think, feed. I think everyone knows that. But for anyone, yeah. I captured in celluloid, if you've got to this point and you haven't watched this movie and you don't know who Giannis is, well, this is, spoilers have already been, but they're it's really kind of on you. Go. You sure. should know Giannis. That's fair. When he gets the offer to go to Spain, and he says to the agent, like, we all go or nobody goes. I thought his delivery there was very Giannis. Like, you know, the this kind of firm version of Giannis, who's very clear-minded, very set in his principles. And he's only got one, one thing on his mind, and it is, you know, the best interest of his family. I thought there was a lot of that as the movie got on. Just the emotional elements of the performance were really, really strong. And that's maybe the thing that like wins me over as the as the book sign, as the person who knows Giannis' story. It's like, as well as a lot of this was captured, I don't think I care if it doesn't feel like Giannis on screen. And that's the highest compliment I can pay this movie. Like, it works for me. It's better than I expected because there are moments where I'm like, yeah, that's about as good as you can get Giannis on screen. Is it... Should we talk about the fact that these guys weren't actors? Like their story could end it's up being a Disney debut, movie yeah. at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, is it Uche Agata? 
I think it's Uke, but Uke. yeah, you, you could you could be right that it's Uche either. I'm not entirely sure. So he sent in a video to a link Giannis posted to be considered for the movie. He ends up getting the part, and then they're like, do you have a brother? And he's like, yes, I do. And then they put his brother in the movie too after a screen test with both of them. Like it's – and I, I think this is probably – I don't know if intentional is the right word, but certainly something that – you know, someone like Giannis would have would have loved, right? I mean, the story in Mirren's book that I was there for, where he goes up to uh, the the kid in Oshkosh mopping and is like, "Hey, like this was me, you know, I was mopping, and then I became this." Like, I'm sure Giannis loved that he got mm-hmm. to find these. I don't know, and I guess anonymous is the right word, not to be insulting, but you know, they're not actors, they're not on the scene, but they worked and they were so good, and I think you know, prioritizing someone who could do it, even if it wasn't proven, is a very cool subplot. And yeah, also they're great. And they, I don't think this will be their last movie, uh, which is which is really cool as well. But yeah, I think it was it was an awesome casting. I'm trying to find out how tall these guys actually are. I don't know if it was movie magic or if they're actually super tall, but it I'm seemed sure like they magic. were pretty tall. You think so? I, I think UK is tall. Thanos is clearly smaller and maybe smaller than the difference between the two brothers in reality even um but i doubt that he's like six five is what i'm seeing six four yeah, and a half, I'd, six, I'd say five. i'd say that's which even like is how much of that is movie magic when you probably got a cameraman who's like i know andrew snyder height and if you've got <laughs> one brother who's six one what is six four you know camera looking up it can it can work out it's easy to do yeah just lower some rims and get yeah, some smaller say, players rims, and you're yeah. good but that's impressive though, because I didn't really think about it. And if it was noticeable, it would have been a really, it would have been very jarring if you were like, okay, Giannis shouldn't be six five. Like they did a pretty good job of of making that work. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Favorite moments in the movie, or even if if there are things you want to nitpick, I I think we could probably all nitpick the draft elements to some extent. To me, that's the moment where it feels like the film got away from the family's influence on it and it becomes very disney and it, it also uh jordan jordan tresky who's with us i know he couldn't be uh he couldn't be on to talk about it today but i know one of the things that bothered him was the draft my view on the draft is kind of like that is the point where the movie tells you it is not it is not hustle you know it's not even operating under the pretense of giving you the authentic experience of the draft there is certainly something I think that is a slight betrayal of the story you're telling to that point out of Giannis's journey when we're hearing number one pick announced number two and we're seeing increasingly disappointed reactions. I think that's kind of betraying the fact that they were there to just like, can we please get in any any golden ticket? They spent the whole movie looking for just any chance, looking for a chance that could get the documents to go and really have a chance. So the idea of, oh, I'm not going top 10 in the NBA draft, I thought didn't really ring true to the movie. But I, I from a basketball perspective, I don't really care about those elements. Like I laughed very hard at the Jay Billa segment that's on the background when they're in like the green room. And he's like, I've got Ben McLemore, you know, top of my board. He's the guy. I, there's stuff I completely forgot about what is an all-time weird draft. Um, but I don't know. Is there any anyone got anything on that or any other things you really liked or disliked? I thought that part was inconsistent because there's parts with like his agent or whatever. And they're like, yeah, we're really honed in on like 11 to 16. And if it doesn't mm-hmm. hit there, it's, uh, you know, we might be in trouble. And then it's and then it's to your point, like, oh, no, uh, not in the top five. What are we going to do? Uh, 
I, I wanted to go back and see where he was in mocks leading up to this time for that reason, because it's just like I have no uh, frame of reference for that draft just because that draft was so insane. I mean, Anthony Bennett went number one overall, for God's sakes. I mean, what what were we doing in 2013? Um, uh, but yeah, that was really my only critique beyond like Disney movies not necessarily being set up for me in terms of the beats and the uh, just like overall drama but this story warranted it i think my favorite moment uh, i'm trying to nail it down i really liked with the introduction we get to the kids and how they inter- interact when they're kids when thanasis is showing Giannis how to sell uh right before that gets interrupted uh that i think that's a very wholesome moment um other than that I liked uh, the some of the moments with the first Greek coach who looked like he just did not want to be there. I thought that was really amusing. Yeah, but mostly just the family stuff for me. I would draft, say, by the way, Sorry, oh, go ahead, uh, Rohan. Yeah, yeah uh, you're good. I was just looking at this up in the book. It's uh, there was a little bit of the uh, confusion. Here's the passage: the Cavs did end up selecting Bennett with the number one overall pick. Giannis turned to Saratis. What's going to happen now? Are we screwed? He had no idea how any of this worked. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's so if you if you I don't think which I don't think the movie was probably set up to. But if you interpret it as Giannis being worried about what this means for the rest of the order, it makes more sense. But that's certainly not how it came off. And I think they probably I think could the have movie portrays that. frustration more than confusion. I think confusion yeah. would have been the yeah. right note to go with. I think he kind of gets visibly angry when Michael Carter Williams was picked, which I found hilarious. That's great. One, yeah. that because good. obviously how their <laughs> their paths crossed down the line and they became really great friends and still are really good friends. Um but that was that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, Rohan, your favorite and least favorite parts or you go. I think uh I just love that Giannis wasn't good at basketball right away. I was kind of worried he would be. And the fact that he showed up and he was terrible, like he didn't know the rules. And then when he shows up for the the youth team or whatever, he's not very good there either. I was happy with both of those things. Cause again, I didn't want this to be too fairy tale in any sense. And I think the glossing over the real like important societal and family issues would have been worse. But I was also glad as, you know, someone who's watched Giannis for however long that they didn't, you know, just go in right away. Like, Oh, Giannis is great. Um, and I also like watching everyone watch the draft outside of those continuity issues, like watching the Greek coach, watch the draft and fist pump. Like that was sick. Like I love, I love stuff like that. So I thought, and obviously, you know, the, the family and Giannis, Giannis's parents reaction and everyone around them. I thought that was really cool. I was glad they had the Greek flag. I was like, the Nasus has to grab out the Greek flag that has to happen. I didn't like. This is a very niche nitpick. I thought it would have made a lot of sense to include some of the Hawks intrigue to Giannis being drafted, but it's it's not a Hawks story. It's a Giannis story. I think it probably doesn't add too much to the Giannis side of things uh, and might actually, it probably takes away some of the drama because if you know there's like a hard floor, then it's not as interesting, but yeah, I thought it, it would have been interesting. Away, to, yeah, I, I see the why they didn't do it. Yeah, like yeah. It, it is not reflective of how the books would have spoken to Giannis or anything. Really. No, yeah, the Bucks like part that, was pretty The John Hammond part yeah. and the corridor is hilarious, but that's yeah. the point where, again, it's it's not a movie for us, yeah, you know, yeah. and you, you want to set up, it's like, yeah, it's the most important moment, but you also want to set up some element of suspense for it. Yeah. Which you could set up the suspense by diving into the, the real NBA stuff, but I think you lose your core audience for it at that point. Oh, and my you last, lose, lose my super, my super NBA CBA nerd thing was, I love that they were 
correct about OKC really wanting to stash Giannis and Giannis not wanting that. That part was all pretty pretty accurate from what I remember, and I was like, oh, that's that's a fun detail to get right. If you're gonna get so much wrong, at least throw in you know a little draft and stash intrigue in the story. I like that. No, for sure. Uh, one of my favorite. This is a really random thing to have be a favorite thing in a movie. Uh, they whenever they showed Giannis playing basketball, and it's just like even like his coach was always like, Hey, hands, get your, get a block, like try and play defense. A lot of the mistakes they showed were on the defensive end of the floor. The first time they show Giannis blocking a shot is in the epilogue where it's DeAndre Ayton blocking the finals. No, he blocks a I couple think there, off there's the There's a block, there's a the really like eye-catching block him? where everyone, yeah. yeah, where everyone stops and is like, Whoa, like that's actually the moment I think where. Oh, I thought that was, I don't think that was Giannis. Giannis has a couple. I think he has two. I think he has one in a scrimmage and one in a game. Okay, well, forget it. <laughs> oh, I feel that would have been. I mean, I like that they showed the two <laughs> moments from the finals. Yeah, I'm, that's that's a like we could overlook that too because this is a Disney movie and we don't know how much people really care. They at least picked the right clips there. Like you could just get like it could have been like heard a Tim Hardaway's voice. <laughs> yeah. That that's really cool too. I like that. And I was like, that is yeah, probably something yeah. that Giannis was like, can we do that? Yeah. Um, it could have been like the Tim Hardaway dunk. Like, because it doesn't have to be a script because it'd be like, oh, look, here's a clip of Giannis jumping over a guy and dunking. And it means absolutely nothing. Like, I remember when it meant something to us back in much darker times, but in in the larger scale of the story, it means nothing. So that that was good. I uh the there were elements of, I think, just the poverty that the family were living with and the challenges they had that, unsurprisingly, this is a Disney movie I thought were undersold. And that's to be expected. I don't think it ultimately takes away. I think everyone clearly gets the story and understands this is the Disney version. Um, the racism, Golden Dawn being in there, actually pretty impressed that they just they did it. And even uh, the opposing player who makes a racist remark to him it's like stuff like that they probably don't have to do for the film they're making but it is the only way to make it true to Giannis's experience and to the environments that they were kind of battling through and another one of the challenges they're facing so really glad that they at least did some of that I like my favorite scene of the movie is probably when the early kind of teaching him how to sell pays off which is when they're in the meeting with the diplomat and it's it's a really kind of corny scene, but it's a great piece of acting. Like that's that's a scene where where UK Agata is doing great work and it is reflective of Giannis. It's like that's the Giannis, the version of Giannis on Media Day where he's at the podium and he starts telling dad jokes. It's that's the version where his charm takes over and you're like, oh, this guy can have people like eat out of the palm of his hand. And to have that scene where it's like, okay, he's he's applying what he learned here and we're gonna use it to good effect there i i thought was really good and also because again people who know more about the legal challenges they had to get their documents like i'm not saying he saw a photo of some uh some diplomat's son i was like oh he looks like he could play basketball but there there was real kind of challenges and that was a lengthy process where they're going to those kind of situations completely out of their comfort zone so I think finding, okay, what does he know? What's the skill he can relate to and how can he use it in this situation? I think is one, a really positive reflection of how Giannis is and how his brain works and how beyond the skill that he developed, like how he gets from one place to another. 
he's a really smart guy and he knows how to interact with people and people are naturally charmed by him. The thing that I'm surprised no one has mentioned yet, not his primary agent, which is a weird kind of composite character, but the other guy who like parachutes in like evil imposter agent who really just needs like a mustache to twirl. I, that's the most, this is a straight to streaming Disney thing it had been because it's just so cheap, even compared to the writing. I don't know whose note it was because it definitely feels like the sub studio exec gave notes at some point. Like, we need a we need a, some conflicts with an agent in here. We need someone else with less pure intentions who's also trying to get Giannis to. It's just not needed. Like Giannis's morals kind of speak for themselves without giving those kind of conundrums for him. Like the the opportunity to go and play in Greece, in Spain. And him turning that down because he wants all his family to stay together. Like, that's speaking kind of to the moral character Giannis has in a way that you don't need to manufacture a character to be like, oh, look, Giannis is loyal. It's like, there, there are moments in the movie that do that authentically, so that is something I really, really did not like. Uh, one thing I did like, because it's tough, you, you mentioned the Greek basketball coach. That's great. I think that character ultimately, for people who know his story and know of a lot of the people who's in his life early on, that character ends up doing a lot of heavy lifting for those people in terms of the family got to where they are based on a lot of kindness from others, like their own hard work, their own talent. But there was a lot of really kind people who helped them on their way. It would have been great if there was more of those people kind of featured in the movie. Um, I did like that that draft scene was in a cafe that seemed very near to where they lived, which to me, Reference it may not to... be. Yeah, it yeah. may not be. Like, it could just be, oh, well, that's a convenient way to set this up. But to me, I took that as a reference to um, the, the cafe owner that was really good to Giannis, to the family, would, would give Giannis food, um, gave him, like, a part-time job at some point, right? I'm remembering that correctly, I think. And just was really kind of took the family in and gave them the opportunity. And it would seem like, you know, where are they going to watch the draft is a is a legitimate question and a consideration for that. And it's like, okay, I hope there was some intent in that being, whether it was input from the family or whether it was through the research, that that's how you can work it in. Because that's the thing. And that's where a documentary or whatever, like all those people are fascinating. And the more of that you could have, it would be great. But there's only so much you can get into a two-hour movie. So I'd like to view that as a kind of, a subtle nod and that the, the Greek coach who was played by Panis Karanis, a really good Greek actor. Um, Andrew and I know from the Before trilogy, we will have a Richard Linklater podcast that we promised four months ago, coming soon, and we may talk about him then. Um, but I, I thought that character and representation of those figures from the family's life was really important. I also wondered, was the the guy who turned down Charles for a job but gave him a heads up about the neighborhood, was he like kind of supposed to be a, like a little part of that, the, the restaurant owner or the community as well? I mean, it's a very small, you didn't really do anything that helpful. I mean, Charles was watching a guy get arrested by police. I don't know if he really needed the heads up that this neighborhood has some sus stuff going on, but uh, that, that too, but yeah, I was kind of disappointed they didn't work in the restaurant owner who I think in Mirren's book was... You know, you don't want to say the, but certainly a central figure in that like community lifting up Giannis. And I was plus happy. The, plus the landlord too. Like in Mirren yeah. uh, talks about how instead of like being another villain that's portrayed in the movie, they they were someone who actually helped the family out. Yeah, yeah well, and even I think there, there some... was 
yeah, they had mixed. I, I thought one thing that I fully expected, like Disney to be like, well, this is going in. Again, they they would have probably been developing this at the same time Mirren was working on her book. And that's probably part of why it's not just a straight adaptation. Um, but if their research brought them the same, like that story Mirren had where aren't they moving like the refrigerator on a skateboard or something because they've been evicted? Like that seems perfect for the Disney version of the movie. But it also that shows some kind of hardship that I don't think it wants to show. It wants to show the unity of the family and just have it understood that they're going through it rather than, oh, look at them having to hawk stuff from one place to another because they've been evicted again, which I get. It's Disney. Again, it's probably like the hundredth time we've said this is a Disney movie, but it is a Disney movie. Everything will be a Disney movie at some point. <laughs> That's very don't, true. Don't Rob. say don't say that on this <laughs> podcast. It'll make us make me cry again. Um, but no, I was sad the restaurant owner uh, wasn't more clearly depicted. Um, but I was glad, just a quick note, that outside of kind of snickering at the shared shoes, they didn't make any of his teammates into like direct antagonists because I did. That was reflected in the story that by and large, like I think there was some early like, you know, laughing at two guys wearing the same shoes. But it seemed like overall, at least what we heard from the Mirren book is mostly his teammates were pretty positive. I know some even, I think, had him over and like got him some food. Again, there was no scene where like Giannis finally got to eat a full meal because I think that probably is a little too dark for the Disney movie. But, you know, I was waiting to see if we'd get that at some point. Um, But I was glad they didn't do, you know, like a... Oh, this guy doesn't want either of the Atetacumpos to succeed on his team. Making it a rival player, I think, was cleaner and more accurate. Yeah, like the scene where they come in and Giannis is sleeping and they just like they they make an effort not to disturb him at all. Yeah. They just go about it. Yeah, I think I, I like that, that they didn't too, put in too much BS drama into that part. Any. Final thoughts? I liked it. That That's good. I liked it yeah. too. <laughs> Andrew? Uh yeah, I I really liked it. Uh I think uh it's sometimes it's nice to just have a movie that uh is inspiring and makes you feel good, and I don't always say that. It's well all out there is this movie's been really well reviewed. Like, people who probably like I am watch a lot of movies and would be really cynical about this type of movie in particular have clearly been won over and found it really kind of warm and heartwarming and relatable. Um, It's been reviewed very well almost across the board. I've got stats. uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's 93% on the tomato. Oh, I thought that was good. Well, look, 93% is good. Rotten Tomatoes is... It's a flawed system. It's very flawed. It's like, it would be much worse than you just being like, the only way I judge players is PER. Oh, wow. There's no no nuance. For example, Defensive player of the year based on rebounding stats. A a three-star review and a five-star review is considered the same in Rotten Tomatoes. It is no way. The average score on Letterboxd is 3.4, and that's 3.4 out of 5. So that that gives you a that, better idea. That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good for the kind of movie it is. I mean, I, I think I, I don't want to oversell this. Like, I think it's a three star movie. Yeah, There's nothing not wrong like a with a three star movie. Like insane drama. Or anything. No, when when Andrew and I do like top ten lists at the end of the year, I'm not going to be like, oh, a number a number five, it's Rise. Like, 
it's it's not what it is but it's very watchable very enjoyable you could do much worse things you can watch much worse things with two hours of your time and it's kind of like any literally anyone could watch this and i don't think certainly on this podcast andrew we don't talk about things very often we're like hey anyone could watch this you know watch this with your friends watch this with your parents watch this with your partner watch this with your kids it's like it's gonna work on everyone and that is really difficult to do like so again kind of tip of the hat to the production team on this to Akeen Amatoso who directed a screenplay from Arash Mel. this is a really solid well-made movie which there's an element of that you expect from Disney but there's also a pejorative to that of like oh Disney streaming movie what's this going to be like one thing that I mean so much of Disney's business is just streaming I think they could have released this in theaters I, I really think they could have released this got Giannis to do a little bit more press than he has done and the family to do that. Like if you're getting them say on, I don't know, Kimmel, if they're like at the talk show circuit, you're getting this to, to people who don't know the family story. I think particularly right now, while a lot of movies are doing really well, this has the kind of broad four quadrant appeal that movie theaters are always struggling to find movies that have that. So I, I think this could have been, if they were a little bit bolder about it, Maybe they didn't expect it to turn out quite as good as it is. Um, but hopefully it will be a big ratings draw and a big smash on Disney Plus as is. I wonder how much of it being developed, like initially during early early COVID, played a role into that too, where they were like, well, will people even be going to movie theaters by the time we're, re- well, we're ready to do this? Disney have had to pivot on a lot of that stuff recently. Like they, they made decisions to shift all one way. They're moving back with mixed success for example they started putting all their pixar stuff straight to disney plus they've now decided for, to light year out and that that's kind of bombing by yeah. pixar standards haven't seen it yet it's very possible that it's just the it's completely bad. the insane concept of that movie it's like what even the people you get in the door they're like oh look it's a new buzz lightyear movie and then they're gonna and they're like what this isn't buzz Hold lightyear this is not a Buzz Lightyear movie. It's the movie that Andy I saw know. that inspired him to buy the toy Buzz Lightyear. I know. That's the point. But you're going to get weird. people who buy the ticket going, Lightyear. It's a Buzz Lightyear movie. Just say, I don't know why they didn't just say that. Just say that. It makes it a lot easier. Well, I could say it that. Everyone laughs at it. Chris Evans put a toy. tweet out. He's like, I'm in Lightyear. And no, I'm not paying Buzz Lightyear. It became a meme. It became a meme like two years ago. People were like, what is Chris Evans talking about? What is this deranged concept? But anyway, we're getting sidetracked. I, I think Guys, this is going to play in theaters and make some money. I got a 10 a.m. showtime of Lightyear, so we got to wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I don't have anything. We, we, can, we can go as long as you want. <laughs> no, I, I do think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, I, wait, yeah. there's, there's, some, there's some fun press stuff that's come out. Like they just had the premiere in Greece. Uh, uh, Javon Carter, Jordan Wara, Pat Conson were all there. Oh, that I didn't know fun. Javon was there. Yeah, Javon. Oh, yeah. We like that. We love that, actually. Uh, Jordan Moore, also there? Yeah, that one we love, love less. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll <laughs> Pat take being it. there is, yes. Um, surprise, Chris. Chris usually makes a trip out to Greece during the summer. He's, he's, he's working hard rehabbing. That's true. Uh, but Pickle one thing ball. we saw from Pat, uh, he did an interview. I can't remember which one, uh, which news outlet it was. I apologize. Uh he was talking about how during like the epilogue, he hadn't he had not watched Giannis's MVP speech because it said it was too emotional for him. So that was the first time he'd actually seen it. 
it I'm I feel like Andrew has said multiple times he's cried, but we've probably neglected that. Anyone anyone feel it? Anyone get a little emotional? I Yeah, of course. I the epilogue so, got me, yeah. I yeah. Yes. Like I do think there is another element of that too, of we did a very emotional podcast after uh like some of the crucial moments in that epilogue. But like at that point too, you're also for for the three of us, Ty, Rowan, myself. There's the Yanis journey and the journey we watch, but you can also map like years of our own life and kind of watching that team and watching Yanis develop onto that too. So yeah, definitely at the end, I was like, oh wow, what's this? What's this one tear rolling down my cheek? Where did this come from? No, but it's just it's just so funny. Like uh, I know uh, was it? I think Serge Ibaka was posting on his Instagram story about it. Uh, like it, this is this is a story that's like sort of captivating the world because a lot of it has a lot of it hasn't been introduced. We got freaking Runveer Singh posting about this movie. Like I don't know what's happening, but it's happening. Mark Wahlberg, big fan. Yeah, that's what I saw. That's that surprised me. I was like, I, re- I really wish Mark Wahlberg had been cast as John Hammond. That really would have sealed the deal for me. <laughs> I can't believe John Hammond was in the movie. I didn't think they were actually going to go that far. I I said that for a long time because Jordan, once this movie was announced, he's just like, "Who's going to play John Hammond?" <laughs> that's so Jordan. <laughs> I was like, may- Jordan, I'm really worried that he's just going to be like nameless, faceless man. But he wasn't. They got a real actor. They named him John Hammond, and he actually kind of sounded like John Hammond. Like he was I was surprised. Like he did a legit likeness. John Hammond's impression. I will say I'm gonna I'm gonna call him out. Really disappointed we didn't get like a top twenty big board of John Hammond actors from Jordan before this because that would have been oh, like true. extremely Jordan content to do. That like, is here are my Jordan top content. top fifty actors who could personify John Hammond. That that there's a not specifically a John Hammond. There's. In uh, my long abandoned behind the book past drafts, there is an article just sitting there, basically on casting ideas for his film that I gave up on because I was like, "How can I cast Giannis?" At the Number masks? one, John Hammond playing Giannis. <laughs> um, Which John for, Hammond? For for the Captain Sutherland heads, John Hammond is the book's GM, a figure that we all have a lot of fondness for. Not the most perfect GM, but a really, by all accounts, great person. Yeah, just and it, it's not a. <laughs> It's not a coincidence. I also think that Giannis would want John Hammond, like as John Hammond in this movie, yep. rather than a faceless person. He's someone who's really important to Giannis. Also, I think uh, Gambler John gets personified because all he basically says in the whole movie, he has Giannis Joel plays. It's a risk. Like, it's a big. It's a big risk. Right then, I was like, oh yeah, got Gambler John, baby. He's taking him. <laughs> when he turns the other way, I don't know. Like he's twitching and rubbing his hands together. He's like, this is all I'm looking for is a big risk. That's what Giannis doesn't know at that time. I live for this. <laughs> Uh, but John Hammond is portrayed by Taylor Nichols, who is an actor who is basically in all of Witt Stillman's films. I, I don't know how much that's going to mean anything on the pod, but Witt Stillman is in one of like the most amazing independent American and just, you know, pretty unique directors of the last kind of 30 to 40 years. And the fact that that's the guy who ends up in the Yanis movie playing John Hammond is wild to me. I don't know how that casting came about. I was like, oh my god, that's the guy from all the Wit Stillman movies playing John Hammond. Like, this means nothing to anyone else. But this is literally, like, that's the kind of stuff from my dreams. That's, like, all my worlds colliding. Uh, Adam, what did you think of the Ireland joke? I loved it. Great. I loved it. It's, it's rare that there's a joke about Ireland that is not offensive to Ireland, which is... Very wholesome know, Ireland thing. joke. Yes. Appropriate, wholesome joke here. 
I was not expecting to get an Arla mention, but that was very exciting. It was, it was right up like, top, yeah. too. Like, right near the beginning. I, I interpret that as a reference to you, specifically. I, listen, did I did <laughs> I consult in this movie? Who could say? <laughs> That's always a good answer. One last... What's your pseudonym in the credits, Adam? What did you go with as your, uh, as your film name, your pen name? Uh, some of the ones uh, we were discussing regarding my Road to the Show character. No, no, nothing like that. I am, I am not nineteen, bro. <laughs> Adam, Neither Adam Bucket. <laughs> I, so I, I forgot. I forgot what my thing was. I think we're gonna wrap up. I think we yeah, yeah, covered it pretty fair. well. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun to have oh, you guys. Oh, on oh no, I remembered. Movie. I remembered. Oh, here we go. Sorry, no, real. It's real fast. Am I the only one? So obviously they showed just footage during the draft, archival footage. I don't know if it was edited or if it was just the angles. I was really like, is that the actor or is that Giannis on stage? I, I felt like it wasn't that different, and which I'm was sure, good. I'm sure there was, was some composite stuff. I'm, I think I'm there sure was, but I, I was like pretty impressed because I was like, it would have been a little jarring if you could clearly see that it was real life Giannis and then back to actor Giannis. I mean, the epilogue is a different story, but I was like, oh, that, that, I don't know how they did it or if they even had to do anything, but that part worked pretty well. It you know did. the good thing for, for Disney making this movie? You've got access to the entire ESPN. Yep. Yeah, I was about to bring yep. that up because they had the actual footage from like pre-draft, the draft process. They had like, uh, do they need permission to use David Stern? Eh. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure to use anyone, bringing someone out of respect, someone who has passed away. Uh, I doubt that was any issue for the NBA or obviously for his family. He's in the movie, but like they they could literally like some of those angles you have going up at the stage like that could just be stuff that ESPN shot and draft night never aired and is in a vault somewhere yeah and Disney are like oh yeah open up that vault now I love so that that's, that's what's in the Disney vault lot, some other stuff, stuff there too yeah let's just, <laughs> there's some, some stuff that's never coming out of there Goofy's yeah. frozen head like Ted Williams <laughs> Jesus <laughs> <laughs> we I mean, Walt, we... Walt himself is in yes. Disney vaults. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, is he actually? Really? No, I mean, is that not, just a rumor? Not where they keep the. Oh, yeah, footage. but not the same one. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, well, you I, maybe there's multiple one. rooms in the vault. You know, take a right at the cryo chamber, and that's where the honest footage is. I do. I'm open to correction. I do believe he is still like in a cryo chamber somewhere. I have no idea where. I don't know who's responsible. I thought it was like if you actually go into like the castle at Disney World or something, if you. You know, top is just like Walt in there. I have no idea. This is it's not part of that secret club that uh, Robin and Brooke be to, pay to be a part of. You get to see him as an attraction. It's getting dark. Okay, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. The movie's good. If you were skeptical, if you're a, a books fan like us, I'd say don't be. If you're skeptical because you like movies and you're like, this looks like a terrible Disney straight to streaming movie, I'd say don't be. It's it's better than that. I think it's. It's pretty fun. There are much, much worse things you could watch. We will be back. This is our return with Capture the Silence. This is not an empty promise. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Andrew, we're doing... Are we, are we going to do Tom Cruise and Top Gun Maverick first? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so we're going to look back at Tom Cruise's career, rank our favorite Tom Cruise performances, and talk a little bit about Top Gun Maverick. The week after that, we will go back to our long-promised Richard Linklater pod, Nepal 10 and a half. Rowan, you've got something to say? I do. My favorite Tom Cruise movie is The Mummy. Fantastic. I haven't watched it and wasn't planning on for research, but we'll make sure to... That's a joke. That's a joke, everyone. 
I, I, I'll see. I don't know. Uh, as for as for books, if you're listening on the Eurostep Podcast Network feed, content's going to be coming thick and fast in the next few days. I don't know. Uh, there, there's a chance that there'll be another pre-free agency podcast up on the feed. Ty's looking confused. Ty, don't worry. It won't involve you. Uh, there's a chance there's a win in six pre-free agency. Uh, there will be free agency reactions as and when any deals, any books news goes down. So to stay on top of all things books, make sure you subscribe to the feed. You're a step podcast network. Anything else? Anything else to plug on that front are in we, the kind of next we, few days? Do we announce what we're doing in free agency? Do we know if we can do that for sure yet? I think so. I don't see why not. We're pretty confident, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, we think we're going to be doing a watch along of sorts, a playback for those of you who've joined us and watching books games, or you might watch the book, the NBA draft with us last week. We think we're going to be watching through whatever ESPN's various free agency festivities are so that we'll be reacting live and you'll be able to come hang out with us and talk about all the deals as they happen. So make sure you watch out on all of our social media channels. I'm at Adam McGee 11, Andrew's at AC Snide, Ty's at Ty Windish, Rohan's at Orcaddy Jr., at Eurostep Podcast. Is that the handle? At Winning Numerical Value 6 Podcast at GSPN Hub. There's a lot of Twitter accounts. You can basically find any of those if you want to come and watch free agency stuff and chat up with us. You can also go to gspn.info. That's your one-stop shop for all things Eurostep Podcast Network, whether it's books, brewers, or do you want to get into the Discord, you want to watch a playback, you want to buy merch, whatever it is, sign up to the Substack. You'll get directions to all of it from there. That's it. Until next time, thanks to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam. Thank you, Todd. Thanks, Adam. Thank you, Rohan. Thank you.